Hi, and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar, who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms. We too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. And here's your host, life coach and consultant, Lori Sauce, who goes most commonly by her nickname, Sauce. Hey, it's Sauce. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to continue from last week, but we're going to take just a slight side path. <laughs> last week, we talked about authority figures and how sometimes messaging that we took on when we were younger might still be affecting us today. And while authority figures in our lives may have really been encouraging and might have made an incredible impact or even life-changing impact on us, there are other times that at now we know as adults, we might have taken on something that was said in haste or that was said as projection or for whatever complex reason that an adult said something to you when you were younger. There may have been a comment that you took on is true, which might have confined your possibilities or caused you to think of yourself in a way that really didn't properly reflect your talents or your gifts or your potential. And we wanted to bring those ideas to the fore to question them and sometimes being able to break through those barriers or change those narratives will allow you a path that you thought was off limits for yourself. Or sometimes it will just in some subconscious way give you a deeper groundedness when you realize that you don't have to carry that anymore in a similar way, but slightly different. Today, we're going to look at what might be the impact of some decisions that were made on your behalf when you were little. So that might be through a parent or through a coach or again, a teacher. It could be any, anybody who is acting on your behalf. And maybe these decisions were made for you with good intention, or perhaps they were made out of necessity for whatever reason. We're not so much saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but what we wanted to do today was just question, how did that impact you? And are there opportunities or are there shifts that might be made within you or around you if you were to just consider how it did affect you? And are there opportunities here for you to be reclaimed or considered differently? And also, how does this experience and our recollection of it give us more perspective when we're interacting with children now or even adults? How does this inform the ways that we perceive other people? So I have Jody here, Nakajuto, back again. You'll remember her from last week, and she was also here on episode 64 when she spoke about reclaiming your joy. Jody is a professor. She has over 20 years of experience as a certified therapeutic recreation specialist. She has worked with children and teens and adults, both in hospital and community-based settings. She has worked in the areas of physical medicine and rehabilitation and mental health, sensory impairment and developmental disability. And she's currently a professor at Cal State University of Fresno here in the United States in recreation administration. And she has also served as an administrator in the College of Health and Human Services for over nine years. She has expertise in the areas of diversity and inclusion training in collaboration and higher education leadership. 
As you listen to this conversation, I invite you to just look back and query what were the decisions that were made on your behalf and how did that shape your destiny and how does that impact you now? And are there areas of opportunity in this space, whatever that might be? I'm so grateful to have Jody here. She is just a gem of a human. She's hilarious and intelligent and relatable. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. Here she is. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Jody Hironaka Juto. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to continue from our episode from last week, where we talked about how words from authority figures can really impact us and sometimes have a long lasting effect on our lives and how important it is to identify those. So to continue, we're going to look at a nuanced version of authority figures or even just adult figures. And sometimes when we're children, we have decisions that are made on our behalf. And we may not realize how those guiding decisions have impacted us. And we wanted to look at the times that those decisions could have kept us from something unknowingly, maybe, or knowingly. So Jody's going to bring both expertise as a professor, as well as personal anecdote. And as we have this conversation, I might ask you to consider what decisions made on your behalf when you were a child might have impacted you also. Jody, maybe you could start us off by giving us just a little bit of a framework from which we're going to start this conversation. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again for the invitation to be here together with you all. You know, the last week we made reference to, right, these three buckets of work, of personal maintenance and leisure time, unobligated time. And that bucket of leisure is, is so important to us, right? It helps to restore, rejuvenate, give meaning to our life beyond just our work, beyond just our personal maintenance time. And so a decision that my parents made for me was what type of leisure time activities we would participate in, organized activity. They didn't necessarily say, okay, now you're supposed to go outside and ride your bike or play ball, but in any type of organized activity, lessons and whatnot, that was dictated and shaped by their decision. And I remember so much wanting, wanting to learn martial arts, wanting to take a karate class. And that was something that they never offered up as an opportunity. Your parents. Yeah. Mm. And I remember really wanting it, but never asking them. And so it was never, it was never provided. I can't really tell you why I was interested in it, but I was, I was. Um, So cute. And I could speculate as to why it wasn't offered. Classes like that, you know, cost money. My parents were just starting off and, you know, having to raise a family of five. And we had a a sibling with a tail, a dog. Mm -hmm. And I could also point to perhaps some stigma associated with pursuing martial arts that maybe our parents wanted to shield us from. I'm not, I'm not sure and actually haven't had this conversation with them, but I remember how much I wanted to do that and didn't have an opportunity as a young child, even in junior high or high school. I, I still had that desire, but never pursued it. Oh, wow. It stayed with you. Yeah. 
And when you say stigma, what might you mean by that? Well, you know, as a fourth generation Japanese American, right? My, my parents grew up during World War II and the incarceration of the Japanese Americans and the desire to be good Americans and not inadvertently show allegiance to a country that really wasn't their country, Japan, trying to demonstrate that through, you know, we participated in YMCA programs. We participated in softball, soccer, swim lessons. Like things considered all-American. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For the listener, really quick, Jody and I are both Japanese-Americans, and there are a lot of listeners who are listening from other countries. And so the 15-second history is that during World War II, the United States was fighting against the Japanese. There were many more countries involved in the war, as you probably all know. But on the west coast of the United States, 120,000 Japanese Americans were put into prison camps for several years and lost everything. And so this is something that we are quite familiar with in our lineage. And when we were released, instead of vocalizing the injustice, a lot of Japanese people were trying to, how would you say it, Jody? Trying to assimilate. Right. Yeah. So martial arts then possibly could have, in your parents' eyes, meant that we were allegiant to a home country instead. Is that maybe what you're thinking as far as? Right. Perhaps. And again, we're, we're speculating here. Yes, of we're course. Speculating here. Uh, and you know, wanting to identify with their American culture. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, sure. Um, you know, it's also one of the things you just said that really kind of resonated with me, you know, just kind of this all-American right. um, view, you know, on, on life, which with this experience extended to that bucket of leisure, right? what was provided for fun and enjoyment for non, you know, non-work, non-work time, non-school time. And so... The, I guess the disappointing part of that story is growing up that way. But the exciting part of the story is that when I went to college, there was an opportunity to take classes in addition to academic classes towards one's major, you know, a chance to select some fun activities too, some fun one unit courses, activities. And so you and your listeners could possibly guess hmm. what I selected. <laughs> yes. And so I proudly, excitedly signed up for a karate class. Oh my gosh. And was so excited. Was oh so my excited mm. to do something that I always wanted to do. Right. But there was also a little hesitation because what went through my mind was, well, what if it's not what I thought it would be? Oh, what if I, you wow. Know? Uh -huh. and and so a chance for me to kind of, you know, it's a 15 week semester. So well, you got to stick it out because you got to get a grade at the end. So you can't, you know, there's going to be upsides and downsides of that experience. So um, in the end, I really enjoyed it and, and came to better understand that it's never too late to pursue those things that have your heart. Definitely. And those things can you know, that bring you joy can open doors to other things, other things that maybe were not opportunities before, or that newfound interest in martial arts could open the doors to, you know, other forms. 
So the great thing was that there was someone who lived on our dorm floor in student housing who was one night a week would walk down the hallway with a kind of a large bamboo stick. And we would say, well, you know, where are you heading? Where are you going? And she says, well, I'm going to kendo class. So I learned a little bit more about kendo and watched. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. What's kendo? So kendo is Japanese Fencing. Okay. Fencing. Says the Japanese host. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and, and so Kendo was developed. The way I like to explain it is Kendo was the, developed as a way for the samurai warrior to practice their swordsmanship mm-hmm. without injuring permanently their partners. Okay. And they use bamboo? Yes. It's four, I think three or four pieces of bamboo that are fashioned together. Like a sword. Yes. And the sword is used to strike different points on an individual who's wearing armor. Okay. And and so I learned about kendo through my dorm mate and I went and watched. And then she said the question, you should join too, right? You want to join in? Uh-huh. And my answer was, that seems like it would be fun. Oh, wow. And so I ended up studying kendo. No for a number of years. Yes. You have hidden talents. <laughs> my gosh that's awesome and well and it was it was so much fun sauce it yeah, really was i can and, imagine and in particular with the karate class as well as with kendo there's a vocalization that you do when you strike which they call kiai which is a, a i guess it's translated to like spirit where you summon spirit and energy oh wow. and, in, and in kendo uh, when you practice and you do your strikes, it's a combination of three things. <laughs> Hitting, uh-huh. giving your ki, your vocalization, and the timing of your your foot stomping at the same time, right? Oh, so these wow. three things occur. And, and so I, I recall going home during one of the breaks from school and telling my parents, you know, giving them updates on all my classes. And by the way, mom yes. and dad, and I remember my mother saying, well, wow, you you found something that you enjoy doing that gives you credit for having such a loud voice. <laughs> I don't know if it was loud voice or loud mouth, which I, I, I kind of laughed. And, and, and so that chance to pursue something that I always wanted to in karate, and then it opened the door to another area of interest. And in the process, right, friendships develop, learn more about one's cultural history. Right. And the development of support systems when I was a student, you know, in the community that was new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful story. And I really love imagining you in these classes. And I wish you, I, I wish you could see Jody on video because she's acting out a little bit of what she was doing in those classes. I mean, obviously we're in on recording on Zoom, so she can only show so much, but I could see the muscle memory in your hands as you were showing certain things and it was really beautiful to watch. And Jody, I'm I'm thinking it might be helpful if we went back and I I would love to know when you started that class, how aware were you that you were finally doing something that you had loved. And so clearly you knew that you wanted to do it, but was there an awareness there as a a young adult that you were in a sense reclaiming something that you weren't able to do? And really you were the only one that held that secret longing, I would guess. 
I wouldn't say that throughout my, you know, years as a young person, I thought about it at every waking moment. It wasn't like that. Okay. But it was as if a barrier was lifted in some ways and a door door opened for that. Mm -hmm. And, And so excitement to register, making sure that my schedule could accommodate it, making sure that I wasn't late for any class, let alone that class. Mm -hmm. And taking very seriously the things that we learned in class and we were asked to practice for the next time. Mm, You certainly didn't take it for granted, this opportunity, it sounds like. No, because this was my chance to do that, which I always wanted to try out to do. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Jody, what do you think that barrier being lifted did for you personally? I wonder if it changed any of your beliefs or your narratives or your agency over life. I appreciate that question. Um, In retrospect, it's caused me to let people know if I'm interested in something Mm. that waiting, folks don't always know. True. Whether that be, you know, a leisure interest, whether that be you know, I, I'm wanting to pursue another job opportunity or a promotion at work, or I want to take on additional duties. Folks don't know. Mm-hmm. And so in, in part from that, I learned uh, it's important to speak up or to share our dreams and interests with others, because mm-hmm. sometimes they can help us. Those other individuals who we share these things with can help us. Yes. And so sometimes some of those barriers could be created by, you know, we could be contributing to in some ways, not to take on, right, the, you know, it wasn't that it was my fault that I didn't, you know, as younger Jody do this, but it's caused me in my current space to know that I can contribute to and I can have a hand in shaping what what my joy looks like, how, how opportunities can reveal themselves. It's not just about me waiting patiently or waiting for someone else to notice. I can contribute. I can, yeah, I can contribute and, and, and be a cause in that, that matter. I think that's such a powerful point. There's a simplicity to it, but it's also something that I think we can easily pass by because for whatever reason we have a belief, especially if there was something that was dormant or silent in our younger years, Sometimes we just have that ceiling and we just keep riding along with that ceiling. And in the case of your childhood, for whatever reason, you didn't have an opportunity to necessarily share that you wanted to do that. Maybe there was a knowingness that for your family, it was a decision made by the family or something. But a lot of times I think we silence our needs or our passions or really even our talents and our contributions. And those things, I think what you're saying is that there's actually a clearer, more easeful pathway than sometimes we think, because we're used to not opening that door, maybe. And I think it it is important to be mindful of the fact that we might have silenced parts of ourselves momentarily, or maybe our whole lifetime we might have. And so to gently or excitedly like you you felt when you were signing up for that class to query is there something in my life that i could give voice to or that i could give structure to because i think when you said we could like if we don't say anything then no one's gonna know and i think that's so true and in saying it to someone 
I think a side benefit of it is that we've given it bones. Because I think once you say, I'm going to take a martial arts class, then all of a sudden you're so much closer to reality than you were when you just had it in the blurry someday category or I wish I could do this category. We're closer than we think to these things mm-hmm. oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And I know we can't broad stroke, but a lot of times we're closer than we think to our authenticity. And I might venture to say that taking this martial arts class and the kendo class would be part of your authentic expression as a person, whether that's for a lifetime or for a season. It was calling to you, it seems. I don't know if that lands for you. Uh, You know, it's what I really value about the opportunity to reflect and talk about this is that new things kind of begin to pop up in my head and my heart that mm. reconnect me to that experience. So, um, what's popping? The, <laughs> well, just the possibilities of, um, you know, how to, to think about what, how things could be, could have been different. True. I also have grown in my, awareness as a parent my children were younger mm-hmm. about what opportunities we provided for them yes. and to invite them to share what they may want to do or of the things that we're offering what they don't want to do you know mm-hmm. it, it can be a little challenging to balance their apprehension you know is it about the activity or is it about the process of engaging in that activity that causes that hesitation or the lack of desire Oh, I love that so much. What's popping up for me right now as you speak is that it could really happen in any conversation as far as nurturing someone else's voice and what they want to do or what they want to bring forth in their life. Because I could do that to a partner. I could do that to a sibling. When I'm talking with them, if I project what I think is better for them or what my fears are for them or for myself, or if in any way my conversation is dulling their passion or something, and maybe the mindfulness that what we say or don't say does matter. Absolutely. Yeah. So it could happen as an adult, I suppose, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to bring this conversation to a close for now, what words of encouragement would you have for the listener as they reflect back on their childhood or their lives up until now and the things in their lives that might not yet be expressed. You know, it's, it's never too late to try on something new. Yes. That we're wanting yes. for ourselves, you know, whether that be a new leisure time activity, whether that be a new hairstyle, a new outfit, a new. I love that. You know, a new way of reaching out to friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never too late to engage in something new. I love that. I love that so much, Jody. And there are so many more questions that I want to ask, but I know we're at time. Any last words before we transition into anecdotal lightness? No, other than thanks for the chance to go back a little in time and then, you know, push forward into current time and reflecting on this. Great value. And Thank you for sharing these stories. I think stories are so powerful and it gives us inroads to our own lives when we hear stories from other people. And I think without some intention, these things can go by riding along through our lives and we never really know to go back and 
try something new or to go back and understand how something impacted us and what might happen in our lives or even in the ways that we express ourselves in love or in any which way as a result of lifting off previously held barriers. So thank you so much. Okay, to end this episode, we're going to transition into the anecdotal lightness and things that are funny, which today we're going to do a little bit differently because it happened unexpectedly at the beginning of this episode, basically. Most definitely. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to leave the bloopers in for you. That will be what was most anecdotally light for us. Definitely, definitely. Oh, Jody. okay. If people wanted to reach out to you, I think it would be your email, right? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes. And if you would like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at Lori Sase. It's L-O-R-I-S-A-S-E. Or if you want to sign up for coaching, check out my website, lorisase.com. And we hope you have a beautiful week. Bye. Take care. And today we're going, I said today like three times in a row. Um, so to continue, we are going to look in an... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> no, your, your uh, identification of a, of a um, replacement word for today. <laughs> I appreciated that. <laughs> After I paused and looked up to the ceiling for help. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) This might have to go in the bloopers. (laughs) And so when I think back to my leisure time and interests and decision that was made for me as a youngster, a youngster, um, (laughs) as a young store, like wall. Okay. Target. Uh, do you, do, no, do you remember? Do you remember what preceded Target? Do you, do Fedco. You well, Fedco, but Gemco. Do you remember Gemco? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Gem, Gemco. <laughs> we are old. <laughs> Gemco, yeah. And, and you would at our Gemco, you could collect the um, shopping carts and bring them back and receive a little ticket where you can win something. We never oh. won. We we collected an awful lot of carts, but yeah, Gemco. No, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. So when I think back to <laughs> being a young store, I'm sorry. Oh, my God, I okay. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> You're the best. I love you. Okay. Okay. <laughs>